So they ended abruptly. Uh, here's part two of U.S. President number three, Thomas Jefferson. I'll begin with Secretary of State. Soon after turning from France, Jefferson accepted Je Washington's invitation to serve as Secretary of State, pressing issues at this time with the national debt and the permanent location of the capital. Jefferson opposed the national debt, preferring that each state retire its own in Congress to Secretary of the Treasure, Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, who desired a consul consolidation of various states' debts by the federal government. Hamilton also had bold plans to establish a national credit and a national bank, but Jefferson strenuously opposed this and attempted to undermine his agenda, which nearly led Washington to dismiss him from his cabinet. Jefferson later left the cabinet voluntarily. The second major issue was the capital's permanent location. Hamilton found the capital close to the major commercial centers of the Northeast, while Washington, Jefferson, and other agrarians wanted it located to the south. After a lengthy deadlock, the Compromise of 1790 was struck, permanently locating the capital on the Potomac River, and the federal government assumed the war debts of all 13 states. While serving in the government in Philadelphia, Jefferson and political protege Congressman James Madison founded the National Gazette in 1791, along with poet and writer Philip Freneau, in an effort to counter Hamilton's Federalist policies, which Hamilton was promoting through the, the influence of Federalist newspaper, the Gazette of the United States. The National Gazette made particular criticism of the policies promoted by Hamilton, often through anonymous essays signed by the pen name Brutus at Jefferson's urging, which were actually urging by Ham Addison. In the spring of 1791, Jefferson and Madison took a vacation to Vermont. Jefferson had been suffering from migraines, and he was tired of Hamilton inviting. In May 1792, Jefferson was alarmed at the political rivalries taking shape. He wrote to Washington, urging him to run for re-election that year as a unifying influence. He urged the president to rally the citizenry to a party that would defend democracy against the corrupting influence of banks and money interests as espoused by the Federalists. Historians recognized his letter as the earliest delineation of Democratic-Republican Party principles. Jefferson, Madison, and other de Democratic-Republican organizers favored states' rights and local control and opposed federal concentration of power, whereas Hamilton sought more power for the federal government. Jefferson supported France against Britain, where the two nations fought in 1793, though his arguments in the cabinet were undercut by French Revolution envoy Char Edmund Charles Genet's open scorn for President Washington. In discussions with British Minister George Hammond, Jefferson tried unsuccessfully to persuade the British to acknowledge their violation of the Treaty of Paris to vacate their posts in the Northwest and to compensate the U.S. for slaves whom the British had freed at the end of the war. Seeking to re a return to private life, Jefferson resigned the cabinet position in December 1793, perhaps to bolster his political influence from outside the administration. After the Washington Administration negotiated the Jay Treaty with Great Britain in 1794. Jefferson saw a cost around which to rally his party and organize a national proposition for Monticello. The treaty designed by Hamilton aimed to reduce tensions and increase trade. Jefferson warned that it would increase British influence and subvert republicanism, calling it the boldest act Hamilton and Jay ever ventured on to undermine the government. The treaty passed and expired in 1805 during Jefferson's administration and was not renewed. Jefferson continued his pro-French stance during the violence of the reign of terror. He declined to disavow the revolution. To back away from France would be to undermine the cause of republicanism in America in election of 1796 the vice presidency. In his 
In the presidential campaign of 1796, Jefferson had lost the Electoral College vote to Federalist John Adams by 71 to 68 and was elected vice president because of a mistake in voting for Adams' running mate. As presiding officer of the Senate, he assumed a more passive role than his predecessor, John Adams. He allowed the Senate to freely conduct debates and confined his participation to procedural issues, which he called an honorable and easy role. Jefferson had previously studied parliamentary law and procedure for 40 years, making him unusually well qualified to serve as presiding officer. In 1800, he published his assembled notes on Senate procedure as a manual of parliamentary practice. Jefferson would cast only three tie-breaking votes in the Senate. Jefferson held four confidential talks with French consul Joseph Latoum in the spring of 1797, where he attacked Adams, predicting that his rival would serve only to one term, he also encouraged France to invade England and advised Latoum to install any American envoys sent to Paris by instructing him to listen to them and then drag out the negotiate length and mollify them by the urbanity of the proceedings. This toughened the tone that the French government adopted toward the Adams administration after Adams' initial peace envoys were rebuffed. Jefferson and his supporters lobbied for the release of papers related to the incident called the XYZ Affair after the letters used to disguise the identities of the French officials involved. However, the tactic backfired when it was revealed that French officials had demanded bribes, rallying public support against France. The U.S. began an undeclared naval war with France known as the Quasi-War. During the Adams presidency, the Federals rebuilt the military, levied new taxes, and enacted the Alien Sedition Acts. Jefferson believed that these laws were intended to oppress the Democratic Republicans rather than prosecute enemy aliens and consider them unconstitutional. To rally opposition, he and James Madison announced he wrote the Kentucky and Virginia Revolution declaring that the federal government had no right to exercise powers not specifically delegated to it by the states. The resolution followed the interposition approach of Madison in which states may shield their citizens from federal laws that they deem unconstitutional. Jefferson advocated nullification, allowing the states to validate federal laws altogether. Jefferson warned that unless arrested at the threshold, the Alien Sedition Acts would necessarily drive these states into revolution and blood. Historian Ron Chernow claims that the theoretical damage of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions was deep and lasting and was a recipe for disunion contributing to the American Civil War. as well as later events. Washington was so appalled by the resolutions that he told Patrick Kennedy that if systematically and pertinaciously pursued, the resolutions would dissolve the Union of, or produce coercion. Jefferson always admired Washington's leadership skills, but felt that the Federalist Party was leading the country in the wrong direction. Jefferson thought it was, not, it was wise not to attend his funeral in 1799, but because of Acute differences in the, with Washington while serving as Secretary of State and remained at Monticello. Election of 1800. In the 1800 presidential election, Jefferson contended once more against Federalist John Adams. Adams' campaign was weakened by unpopular taxes and vicious Federalists infighting over his actions in the Quasi War. Republicans pointed to the Alien Seditious Acts and accused the Federalists of being secret monarchists, while Federalists charged that Jefferson was a godless libertine enthralled to the French. Historian Joyce Appleby said the election was one of the best acrimonies in the annals of American history. Republicans ultimately won more electoral college votes, but Jefferson and his 
Vice Presidential Candidate Aaron Burr unexpectedly received an unequal total. Due to the a tie, the election was decided by the Federalist dominated House of Representatives. Hamilton lobbied Federalist and Representatives on Jefferson's behalf, believing him a lesser political evil than Burr. On, 17, on February 17, 1801, after 36 the House elected Jefferson president and Burr vice president. The win was marked by Republican celebrations throughout the country. Some of Jefferson's opponents argued that he owed his victory over Hamilton's to the South's inflated number of electors due to counting slaves as partial population under the Three-Fifths Compromise. Others alleged that Jefferson secured James Ashton's Bayard's tie-breaking electoral vote by guaranteeing the retention of various federal posts in the government. Jefferson disputed the allegation, and the historical record is inconclusive. The transition proceeded implicitly, marking a watershed in American history. As historian Gordon S. Wood writes, it is one of the first popular elections in modern history that resulted in a peaceful transfer of power from the party to from one party to another. Presidency 1801-1809 Jefferson was sworn in by Chief Justice John Marshall at the new Capitol in Washington, D.C. on March 4, 1801. In contrast to his predecessors, Prince Jefferson exhibited a dislike of formal etiquette. He arrived alone on horseback without escort, dressed plainly, and after dismounting, retired his own horse to the nearby stable. His inaugural address struck a note of reconciliation, declaring, We have been called by different names, brethren of the same principle. We are all Republicans. We are all Federalists. Ideologically, Jefferson stressed equal and exact justice to all men, minority rights, and freedom of speech religion, and press. He said that a free and democratic government was the strongest government on earth. He nominated moderate Republicans to his cabinet, James Madison as Secretary of State, Henry Dearborn as Secretary of War, Levi Lincoln as Attorney General, and Robert Smith as Secretary of the Navy. Upon assuming office, he first confronted an $83 million national debt. He began dismantling Hamilton's federal fiscal system with help from Secretary of Treasury Albert Gallatin. Jefferson's administration eliminated the whiskey excise and other taxes after closing unnecessary offices and cutting useless establishments and expenses. They attempted to disassemble the National Bank and its effect of increasing national debt, but were dissuaded by Gallatin. Jefferson shrank the Navy, deeming it unnecessary in peacetime. Instead, he incorporated a fleet of inexpensive gunboats used only for defense with the idea that they would not provoke foreign hostilities. After two terms, he had lowered the national debt from $83 million to $57 million. Jefferson pardoned several of these imprisoned under the Alien Sedition Acts. Congressional Republicans repealed the Judicial Act of 1801, which removed nearly all of Adams' midnight judges from office. A Supreme appointed battle led to the Supreme Court's landmark decision in Marlboro v. Madison, asserting judicial review over executive branch branch actions. Jefferson appointed three support, three Supreme Court justices, William Johnson's 1804, Henry Brockholz, Livingston's 1807, and Thomas Todd, 1807. Jefferson strongly felt the need for a national military university, producing an officer engineering corps for a national defense based on the advancement of the sciences rather than having to rely on foreign sources for top trade engineers with questionable loyalty. He signed the Military Peace Establishment Act on March 16, 1802, thus founding the United States Military Academy at Westport. West Point. The act documented in 29 sections a new set of laws and limits for the military. Jefferson also was also hoping to bring reform to the executive branch 
reflects the federalist and active opponents throughout the officer corps to promote Republican values. <coughs> Jefferson took great interest in the Library of Congress, which had been established in 1800. He often recommended books to acquire in 1802, an act of Congress authorized President Justice named the first library librarian of Congress and gave itself the power to establish library rules and regulations. This act also granted the president and vice president of the right to use the library. First Barbary War. American merchant ships had been protected from Barbary Coast pirates by the Royal Navy when the states were British colonies. After independence, however, pirates often captured U.S. merchant ships, pillaged cargoes, and enslaved or held crew members for ransom. Jefferson had opposed paying tribute to the Barbary States since 1785. In March 1786, he and John Adams went to London to negotiate the Tripoli's envoy, Ambassador Sidi Haji Abdrahman, or Sidi Haji Abdul Rahman Aja. In 1801, he authorized a U.S. Navy fleet under Commodore Richard Dale to make a show of force in the Mediterranean, the first American naval squadron to cross the Atlantic. Following the fleet's first engagement, he simply asked Congress for a declaration of war. The subsequent First Barbary War was the first foreign war fought by the U.S. Pasha of Tripoli, Yusuf Karamanli, captured the USS Philadelphia, so Jefferson authorized William Eaton, the U.S. consul to Tunis, to lead a force to restore the Pasha's older brother to the throne. The American Navy forced Tunis and Algiers into breaking their alliance with Tripoli. Jefferson ordered five separate naval bombardments to, of Tripoli, leading the Pasha to sign a treaty that restored peace in the Mediterranean. This victory proved only temporary, but according to Wood, many Americans celebrated as a vindication of the policy of spreading free trade around the world and as a great victory for liberty over tyranny. Louisiana Purchase Spain ceded ownership of the Louisiana Territory in 1800 to the more prominent, predominant France, for Jefferson was greatly concerned that Napoleon's broad interest in the vast territory would threaten the security of the continent and Mississippi River shipping, he wrote that the secession works the secession works more surely on the US. It completely reverses all the political relations of the US. In eighteen oh two he instructed James Monroe and Robert R. Livingston to go ship Napoleon to purchase New Orleans and adjacent coast areas from France. In early eighteen oh three, Jefferson offered Napoleon nearly eight $10 million for 40,000 square miles of tropical territory. Napoleon realized that French military control was impractical over such a vast remote territory, and he was in dire need of funds for his wars on the home front. In early April 1803, he unexpectedly made negotiators a counteroffer to sell 827,987 square miles of French territory for $15 million, doubling the size of the United States. U.S. negotiators seized this unique opportunity and accepted the offer and signed the treaty on April 30, 1803. Words of the unexpected purchase didn't reach Jefferson until July 3, 1803. He unknowingly acquired the most fertile tract of land of its size on Earth, making a new country self-sufficient in food and other resources. The sale also significantly curtailed British and French imperial ambitions in North America, removing the obstacles to U.S. Western expansion. 
The most thought that this was an exceptional opportunity despite Republican reservations about the constitutional authority of the federal government to acquire land. Jefferson initially thought that a constitutional amendment was necessary to purchase the government the new territory, but he later changed his mind, fearing that this would give cause to oppose the purchase, and he therefore urged a speedy debate on ratification. On October 20, 1803, the Senate ratified the purchase treaty by a vote of 24 to 7. After the purchase, Jefferson preserved the region's Spanish legal code and instituted a gradual approach for an integrative settlement into American democracy. He believed that a period of federal rule would be necessary while Louisianians adjusted to their new nation. Historians have differed in their assessments regarding the constitution of the sale, but they typically hail Louisiana acquisition as a major accomplishment. Frederick Jackson Turner called the purchase the most formative event in American history. Attempted annexation of Florida. In the aftermath of the Louisiana Purchase, Jefferson attempted to annex West Florida from Spain, a nation under the co Emperor Napoleon and the French Empire after 1804. In his annual message to Congress on December 3, 1805, Jefferson railed against Spain over Florida border depredations. A few days later, Jefferson secretly requested a $2 million expenditure to purchase Florida. Representative and floor leader John Randolph, however, opposed annex annexation and was out over Jefferson's secrecy on the matter. The $2 million bill passed only after Jefferson successfully maneuvered to place Randolph with Barnabas Bidwell as floor leader. This aroused suspicions of Jefferson and charges of undue executive influence over Congress. Jefferson signed the bill into law in February 1806. Six weeks later, the law was made public. The $2 million was to be given to France as payment in turn, but to put pressure on Spain to admit the annexation of Florida by the United States. France, however, was in no mood to allow Spain to give up Florida and refused to offer. Florida remained under the control of Spain. The failed venture damaged Jefferson's reputation among its supporters. Lewis and Clark Expedition Jefferson anticipated further westward settlements due to the Louisiana Purchase and arranged for the exploration and mapping of the uncharted territory. He sought to establish a U.S. claim ahead of competing European interests and to find the rumored Northwest Passage. Jefferson and others were influenced by exploration accounts of Lepage du Prats in Louisiana, 1763, and Captain James Cook in the Pacific, 1784, and they persuaded Congress in 1804 to fund an expedition to explore and map the newly acquired territory to the Pacific Ocean. Jefferson appointed Meriwether Lewis and William Clark to be leaders of the Court of Discovery, 1803-1806. In the months leading up to the expedition, Jefferson tutored Lewis in the sciences of mapping, botany, natural history, mineralogy, and astronomy, and navigation, giving it unlimited access to his library at Monticello, which included the largest collection of books in the world on the subject of geography and natural history of the North. American continent, along with an impressive collection of maps. The expedition lasted from May 1804 to September 1806 and obtained a wealth of scientific and geographic knowledge, including knowledge of many Indian tribes. Other expeditions. In addition to the Corps discovery, Jefferson organized three other Western expeditions, the William Dunbar and George Hunter expedition on the Ochita River, 1804-1805, the Thomas Free and Peter Custis Expedition 1806 on the Red River and the Zebulon Pike Expedition 1806 to 1807 into the Rocky Mountains and the Southwest. 
All three produced valuable information about the American frontier. Thank you for listening. I'll do. Stay tuned for part three of U.S. President Thomas Jefferson. Uh, stay safe. Stay home. Practice social distancing if you do go out. Wear a mask. Wash your hands during this coronavirus pandemic. As we hope for a return to normalcy in the near future, whatever that may be. Thank you and stay tuned for part three.